So hello, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Mr. James Dreyfus. James, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Good, thanks for doing this and thanks for letting me in your house. You're welcome. It's lovely. I was just geeking out about your Halloween poster. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's covered with um, uh, old, well, usually from the 70s horror movies, uh, which I sort of collect. There's Rosemary's Baby. They were the they were the original cards, you know, lobby cards yeah, that yeah. went up, and the Exorcist lobby cards. There's an art to the film poster that isn't done nowadays. Yeah, they, yeah, they, it's well, it's just there's, it just seems to be a, a lot of people standing facing the camera. <laughs> there's a really good YouTube video. I'll have to send it to you, but it, a guy breaks down why posters have gotten so bad. Oh really? What and what's his what's his theory? It's just that basically marketing budgets have got slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. So they give the artist like a day's notice to knock up a poster. And I'm really simplifying it, but I'll send you the link because it's really interesting. Please do. You know, it used to be art that you would put on your wall, like you have. But I can't think of a modern film poster that I would want on my wall. Neither can I. Neither can I. Not in the less. Not in the last thirty years, at least. And every every poster there even like summarizes that every poster looks the same now. Like there's always someone looking off to the middle distance. Yes. If it's an action film, it's going to have a certain type of color. If it's a horror, it's going have this type of color it's a really interesting video i'll have to say. yeah please send it to yeah. me because it'd be interesting to know why they're all so dull <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite horror movie can you even give a favorite uh yeah i guess i can actually uh, well the, no it's a split between two it's um the exorcist and rosemary's baby and it's not really because of the subject matter it's just the, the way the films are made and and people say now, oh, The Exorcist is, you know, it's it's old hat, you know, doesn't shock. It still shocks me every time. You know, I've never seen The Exorcist. You re- never? No, I feel really bad because my mum saw it, her older brothers, she's got brothers that were like 10, 15 years older than her. And they snuck her in to see it at the cinema. And it terrified her so badly that she put a ban on it ever being in her house. And ever since I've moved out, I've just never gravitated towards it. I guess because right. my mum's told me these horror stories. Yeah. But I really should. It is shock. I mean, it yeah. is shocking. It's just got moments. She would have been about six or seven when she's. Oh, she yeah. she would have been that young. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, no wonder. <laughs> no so wonder. even though she's like in her fifties now, she's like, no, you can't. <laughs> That's never coming in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I I, yeah. I can understand. I haven't lived at home for like twenty years, but I'm still. <laughs> yeah. I'm still respecting the rule. No, of course. But yeah, I need to. I need to watch that. Uh, yeah, you should. You definitely yeah. should. What do you think it is about Carpenter's original Halloween that resonates still? Because it still holds up. Apparently, when it was first made, they um, they played it for uh, the producers, and it was and and John Carpenter himself looked at it and said, "There is nothing scary about this film." Oh wow! And it was the soundtrack that the sound it is really ominous. Yeah, it was the soundtrack which, of course, he did himself uh, that turned it completely on its head so I mean I don't know whether that's true because I've never actually watched it without the sound <laughs> but, um, yeah I imagine it would just be a lot of a guy standing in the distance yeah well if you remember it had those odd sort of electronic noises whenever yeah. he turned up or whenever he was coming you'd hear and then it had the you know the ominous it was a bit like the sort of the equivalent of the tubular bells in um, in The Exorcist it would turn up at certain moments um, and all the sort of Especially when he sort of sits up at the end, you know, the, that noise. And then the dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. dun, which is the heartbeat. 
Um, I guess that's why. I guess that's why what makes it so scary. I just remember it's what it's the first horror film I ever saw, and I think I was twelve or something. So it sort of stayed with me till then. How did you see it at the cinema? Or? No, I didn't. I didn't see it at the cinema at all. I saw it on. We'd rented a. V- VCR machine. Excellent, yeah. Uh, I remember when you had to rent those. Yeah, we re- yeah rented it, and uh, it was the first um, video I, I, I rented. So when, when I first got it, we by accident um, uh, rented a Betamax oh, okay. version, and then yeah. didn't know the difference between Betamax and VHS. So yeah, went yeah. to the video store and actually rented a VHS copy. So we went all the way home to watch it. Of course. And then we had to go all the way back, and I think that was uh, that was Halloween. Yeah, my uncle had a Betamax. I never had one myself, though. Yeah, they didn't catch on. Oh, I've just noticed your Harvey little poster. Mm. That's one of my favourite films. I know you're in stage production, and I'm gutted I didn't see you in that. That was a first night present. That's um, signed by Jimmy Stewart. Oh, fantastic! Uh, I think that's a program. It's a, it's a, it's an original program from the Prince of Wales Theatre, and from when I did that. That's amazing. What was that like? Um, well, I, I mean, I loved, I loved doing it. Um, I don't really know because um, I never, I never saw it. But to be in it was was fun. True. <laughs> <laughs> True. And uh, people seem to like it. Um, I did catch you in the producers though, which is like probably my favourite musical. Right, you yeah. saw that. Yeah. So you saw it with uh, Nathan Nathan Lane. Lane and Lee Evans. Lee Evans. Yes. Yeah, it was one of the first couple of weeks that it was. Oh right, was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that was. So what yeah. was it like to play Carmen in, in that? Well, it's a lot of. It was a lot of fun. I mean, um, uh, we did have a good time doing it. Um, it, 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 it was all a bit, uh, but it was a bit stressful at the beginning because um, Richard Dreyfus was supposed to play. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember seeing the posters, and yeah, he was yeah. So there was a sort of swapping over of parts and everything. I think about five days before we opened, so that was all a bit stressful. Did but you know that on Google, one of the top questions is is James Dreyfus Richard Dreyfus's son? Oh, really? Yeah. No, no. I'm one S, and he's two S. Okay. <laughs> we had this conversation about whether we were related at all, uh. distantly, and. Uh, uh, no, apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's clear that up. I watched a bit of Gimme, Gimme, Gimme last night. What was that like to work on? It looks like you guys had so much fun. Uh, yeah, we did. It was, well, obviously, as you know, it was in front of a uh, <clears throat> a live studio audience. So um, it was quite nerve-wracking. We did. I mean, we did have a lot of fun. You can actually see it when, you know, on. you can actually see us laughing. It comes across, yeah. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. And I'm not sure we get away with making that today. That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. You can make that today. No, I don't think so. Obviously, I watched it originally, but I was re-watching it last night. And the animated title sequence got me thinking that you could make little five, ten-minute shorts for YouTube with you guys doing the voiceover. Maybe that would work. <laughs> yeah. I think the landscape of broadcast TV is so different now. It is you... completely different. Yeah. No, no, Kathy. I think Kathy and I are sort of convinced that they're both dead. <laughs> I guess the way they lived, that's not... Um, yeah, you know, we just not imagine strange. cutting to them and they're both dead sitting in their chairs. <laughs> you received a little bit of backlash at the time for the show. Uh, I received a lot, of back, a, yeah. a lot of backlash at the time from the show, yeah. But, but that was, it was from basically the gay press. Just sort of seemed to uh, react 
badly to my character, but I thought I thought it was a, a knee jerk reaction because he behaved like that because he was a a terrible actor, <laughs> and not because he was gay. I thought that that was the least. Being gay was almost like a PS to the character. It was like a by the way he's gay. It yeah. Wasn't... It wasn't at the forefront no, of his character traits. No, but uh, but this is this is what sort of um, slightly irked me about it was that there were only a couple of um, journalists who got that, but um, it, it didn't really bother me uh, after a while because um, I never read the gay press, so it doesn't really it, it didn't really matter. No, it's just like shouting into the void. Yeah, <laughs> say what you want; it doesn't really matter. It wasn't critically well regarded. Not at the time. No. Not at the time, but I feel that's got to do with like the Friends aspect of stuff because Friends was in its its height of popularity at this time. Yeah, we weren't used to in the UK seeing characters that were kind of terrible on screen as being the leads. Right, and every other show was trying to recreate Friends. Yes, and then you guys come along with something that is just totally opposite yes with people that you don't really identify with but you're with them the whole step of their journey yeah that's something that's starting to happen more now but it wasn't really a thing back in the time like i think you lot were ahead of your time maybe so but yes maybe maybe we were i mean because you're right i mean we were particularly vile characters i mean both of them were vile characters in fact all five of them were (laughs) characters so um yeah you might have a point there I'd never really thought about it like that. Um, yeah, it's just it was in the era where every show wanted to be friends. Yeah, and sort of cosy. And, yeah, and you can see it like they would set it in a pub or a coffee shop or something, but you would have the archetypes that were just characters from Friends. I think it's grown. I think it has grown. Uh, I think it's more highly regarded now than it was at the time. And also, I think that it was the first series that really got it in the neck. And then by the third series, mm. it was quite popular. But um, it did take a did take a long while. I think people just thought, "What is this? What's it supposed to be?" It's like a sort of. It's kind of hyper realistic as well. Yeah, in the same sort of vein as The Simpsons isn't real life. Mm. It, it kind of reminds me of that rubber band reality sort of thing. And I think maybe at the time we were just approaching the Office era, where everything was super serious and there wasn't a studio. Yeah, audience. So I think you were at this weird nexus point. Yes. Where tastes were changing. Absolutely. And yeah, I think literally if you brought that out 10 years ago, it yeah. would, you couldn't bring it out now, but 10 years ago you could. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, it, it was changing. It was changing and it was such a sort of throwback that it did come at a very odd time where people, you know, wanted a much more realistic comedy. But um, that's not what Jonathan wanted to do. That's not what Kathy wanted to do. And... Um, they were in charge and they were, you know, determined to make it, you know, as over the top and as stupid as, <laughs> as possible. And I was gladly going along. I, I love it. I think it still holds up even now because the, the jokes still work. I think maybe modern audiences have lost the ability to kind of take a step back and see the nuance in something. Yes. There's a knee-jerk reaction now. Like, there's a film coming out called Jojo Rabbit, and the main character in it has an imaginary friend that is Adolf Hitler. And on all the posters, they've had to put anti-hate satire at the top. And the trailer starts with anti-hate satire. And I believe that is just to stop <laughs> any sort of backlash. Well, yeah, except nowadays, that won't stop any backlash <laughs> at all, because people don't care what... You know, you can you can write anti-hate satire as much as you like. People nowadays um, just will go for it. They'll yeah. go for it, whatever happens. I mean, this is why it's so interesting. 
I want, you know, if Gimme, Gimme, Gimme had come out today, I don't think it would have lasted two seconds. It probably wouldn't. No. So I first became aware of you through the thin blue light. Yeah. Nice boobs. Shoes, shoes. God, I didn't say that, did I? Did I say boobs, did I? Well, you haven't got nice boobs. Well, I mean, you have got nice Oh, God, sorry. What was that experience like? Because you're working with some comedy legends. Yeah, so, well, that, that's, what, well, that's what that experience was like. It was, it was amazing because I was with Rowan Atkinson and Ben Elton and got to meet all these amazing people and work with them. And I was, what, 23, 24? Wow. So it was like a dream come true, that. It was... Uh... It just come off Fab Fab, right? Yeah, it had come off Fab Fab. Yeah. And I, I think I'd got Sophie Elton, um, Ben's wife, to thank for that, because I think she was the one that um, recommended me to go to the audition. So from the outside, it seems that you've shifted your focus from comedy to more dramatic roles. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, because I'm not a comedian. Mm. Uh, and all the uh, all the early comedy that I did was the sort of heightened yeah, comedy. Yeah. So, you know, Ab Fab, Thin Blue Line and Gimme, 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 all over the top comedies. Um, uh, I haven't really done... Um, yeah, I haven't really done... The serious stuff I've done has tended to be on stage because it certainly hasn't been on television. Do you approach acting on stage differently to acting for television? Yes, I guess so. Um, I guess you have to project more with your voice. Yeah, and and remember lines and uh, um, get used to the um, repetition. Does everything have to be slightly exaggerated, like movements and stuff? No, not really. I don't. It depends. If you're in a sort of massive theatre. Um, then yes, you've got to reach the back of the auditorium. But if you're in a small theatre, no, not really. I don't, I don't think you've got to exaggerate anything. You do what's ordinary, but you have to make what's ordinary interesting. You have to make it watchable. <laughs> There's no point in being so realistic that it's just you're just watching. I just don't. I don't find that you know ultra realism very interesting. No, you've got point. to put another layer on it to make it watchable. So you recently went into voice acting a little bit with some computer games and... Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. How do you know that? Yeah. I just uh, quit looking on IMDb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did. What was that like? Well, I, it's odd because I have no idea what these were. <laughs> I did one called World of Warcraft and I had to ask them what you know what it was. I've never played it, but I'm, I'm very aware of it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've never played it or, or seen it. Um, yeah, it was it, it was fun. Again, I, I like doing voice work because, you know, you've got the, the script there and you're alone in a in a studio with the director on the other side and it's it's sort of quite free and fun. Do you get animated in the booth? Yeah, I, I do, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I do. One of my favourite things in Toy Story 4 was seeing the clip of Keanu Reeves recording his voice. Oh, I never saw that. Duke Kaboom, Canada's greatest stuntman. Huh. Oh, yeah. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Yes. Hold on. One more. Oh, yeah. I love when actors really throw themselves into the role. Yeah, yeah. So you recently played the master for Big Finish. Yeah. What was that like? Because I've got to tell you, you're probably my favourite incarnation of the master. Oh, And this is where I geek out (laughs) because I'm a massive Doctor Who fan. Right, So, Hello, my dear. It's been ever such a long time. What was that like? Like, Well, I, I just love, I love doing them. I've done about... Four different ones now. Excellent. And I think they're releasing them sort of over the next two years. But yeah, again, I just absolutely love doing that because it's the, 
the writers who write it are so brilliant at, at it. The, the only thing for me is that I'm relatively new to the Doctor Who world, so I have they have I have to have a, quite a lot explained to me, <laughs> context and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just context or or you know what's the what does this connection mean? Uh, 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 and then they'll say ah, well, <laughs> there was an episode two years before this that mentioned that character <laughs> and there's such a huge backstory to it because yeah. you're playing the first master yes yeah. I think I am yeah yeah and it's yeah. so interesting to see that different dynamic play out yeah 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 and it's uh, um, so I love yeah I absolutely love it absolutely love it I hope I can continue doing it I hope so too because it's just masterful uh, excuse the pun but oh, it's yeah. it's great I remember hearing it and just thinking I would travel with this guy. Oh, well. like, he's just he's just so suave, and I could see why Ian would betray the Doctor and and go with the Master. Okay. Sorry, I'm really geeking out now. No, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's nice to hear something nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you also had a stint in LA when you were in Bet. What was yeah. that like? Oh God, I had the best time ever. I can um, imagine. Yeah, it was it was great. I'm I'm not sure the the show was so great, <laughs> but um. Uh, it was a lot of fun um, to see how because it's so everything is so different out there it's work wise but um, I had the best time I had some great friends living in LA at the time paid a stupid amount of money for this house to to live in and you know came back with absolutely no money at all but I had the best uh, couple if you're going to do it you might as well go all out well that's kind of what I yeah. thought but I, I, maybe if I did it now I would do it <laughs> slightly more sensible head yeah. yeah but um, I, um, I didn't so it was but it was really fun it was really fun yeah, I spent a lot of time in LA when I was in my teens did you? yeah I was like 18 and it's a real con- like a contrast going to somewhere where you had to be 21 to do everything yes tr- of course okay of course you did. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, because I was twenty nine, so I didn't have to think. Uh, I didn't think about that. Although we did a couple of road trips with a friend who was two years older than me, and he kept yeah. getting carded <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, because if you look under thirty, they ask you for ID. They ask you yeah, for ID, yeah. and yeah. it's like a, a strict rule. There's no exception. I remember going to like a vineyard in Sacramento, and I was thinking, great. And this woman's like, "Well, there's a duck pond," and I was like, "Okay, you want me to go and play with some ducks?" I'm <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a wasted trip. <laughs> could drive and everything over there, but you can't. No. Can't drink. No, can't drink. Can't gamble. Oh, no. Vegas, it was a bit of a boring time for me. Oh, yeah, you can't gamble uh, under 21. Yeah. Yeah, I was oh. there in 2000. So I should go back. I yeah. really enjoyed it. What's on the cards for you now? I heard that you're thinking about writing. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. I, where did you hear that? I don't know. I think I heard you say it on another podcast. Did I? <laughs> I probably did. Um, uh, yeah, but again, I'm sort of... Uh, I don't know anything that I'd want to write. I, I just can't see any it ever going on television. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know whether to uh, keep going doing the acting or whether to stop and do something completely different or to do some writing. I'm at that sort of in-between stage. Sure. Do you think you'd ever direct or produce? No, it's that's far too much. Oh, that's hard work. You've got to be okay. there first. You've got to leave at yeah. the end. And uh, no, I don't think I would. Unless, unless it was my own stuff that I'd written, in which case, yes, I might. Well, you need to write the UK's equivalent to Halloween. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because I've just done. A, 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 I've been dying for years to be part of um, a horror film, and this wonderful director called um, Jamie Patterson just made a film called The Kindred, which is a horror. Film. Excellent. So um, I got to do a part in that. So I was very excited to be part. Can you, of can you say if you get killed or not? I can't say. Okay. Actually, because I'm a. No, I can't say anything uh, more because if I'll give something away, I okay. know I will. Excellent. Well, I won't ask you any more about that. No, don't ask me. But I, I always admire the actors who play the death scenes, like the ones who get killed, because they have to really sell it. Yeah. And if they're bad, then you don't buy into it. Sure. It's not so much the person doing the killing as the... No, it's the, it's the people who die. Yeah. yeah. So, Sean Bean. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> dies and everything. I would love to maybe be a victim in a horror movie. Yeah, that yeah. yes, it would be. That would be good. That would be, as long as you didn't have to die with your eyes open, <laughs> because then you've got that whole thing of don't move, don't move, don't move yeah, your yeah. eyelash. Right, let's go again. Don't yeah. move your eyelashes. <laughs> I don't think I'd be very good at that. Well, James, thank you for your time. Is that it? Yeah, this this is great. End on a high. Oh my god. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your time. Oh, you're most welcome. And there we have it. Thanks for listening. I'm going to try and get James back on for a part two, because when we stopped recording, we kind of had the most interesting conversation. Well, personally interesting conversation, because it turns out he grew up in the same town that my fiance is from, which is now like a town over from where my parents live. And then my parents live a town away from where my sister lives now. So yeah, it was it was great to find that out. James, if you are listening, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Please check out our back catalogue we got loads of interviews like this this is probably going to be the last episode for the summer because my kids are off until september and recording is just a bit of an issue when you got two kids running around okay bye